0: So it's a am uh, just a side note as they're passing that around. Um <laughs> it was crazy this morning. We had like lights going out. We had this week we had our light board go out. That was crazy. Then this morning we had like for some strange reason the um uh, the whole the whole thing just stopped and shut off. And then the computer back there shut down for no apparent reason at all. So it's gonna be a good service this morning. Amen. 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 You know, when Jesus heard that um, the uh, John um, had been executed, beheaded. It's funny that right after that, it says, and he went about and started healing people. I believe Jesus had that tenacity. Just for that devil, watch this. Healed, whole, made whole, right? In Jesus' name. So when you have, uh, this is a sermon by itself. When you have opposition, just look at it and say, no, 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 not to me, you don't, right? Amen, and push back, amen? All right, all right, well, anyway. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your help this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so this so this is the first week of Advent. We've obviously, um, this is um, the, uh, so our series that we're gonna be starting is called Hymns of Hope, Hymns of Hope. And I thought it would be, and I felt impressed that it would be a great, thing to do is go through some of the old Christmas hymns and teach some of the goodness and the theology and some of that kind of stuff and teach out of it so that when we do sing these songs, it has richness and meaning and and clarity of what we're doing. Amen? Because there's some, let me tell you, some old hymns, there's good theology in some of these old hymns. There's good stuff that we've forgotten. Uh, One of my favorite things to do, that's why there are hymnals all up here. Um, Let me just, I'll just say this. This is... um, I know, this is the Cokesbury Hymnal. And one of my favorite things, my sister's here, Lisa, remember when we used to do um, at our Methodist Church right down the street, St. Paul United Methodist Church, right down the street. Um, And um, we would sing, we would have certain Sundays and we would have night and we would have singings where we would, do you remember that? Do you remember that? I've never talked about this. But um, I would always be back there and I remember I would always, I wanna sing Old Ragged Cross and they would be so kind. Every week, they knew David was going to ask them to sing Old Rugged Cross because that was my favorite hymn. So hymns mean a lot to me, actually. Um, so when I found uh, this, this is the Cokesbury hymnal is what we used to sing out of on those nights, on those Sunday nights. And so, um, and joy to the world. Okay, funny story. We'll just say this. I got time. So funny story. Um, and my sister can vouch for this. She knows the story. So they said, turn to hymn number, whatever it is, and we're all going to sing joy to the world. Well, this little kid um, grew up in the early 70s. And so this little boy yells out, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> Probably got out, Jeremiah with a...
1: <clears throat>
0: <laughs> and um, yeah, how, the whole place, like all of the the presence of the Lord left. And yeah, so... So hymns are important, and I love that it has nothing to do with my message, so, but hymns are important to me. Um, uh, so um, I thought we would start off this morning, and we want to talk about this song that we just sang, um, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And we're going to talk about this song. We're going to dig into this song. This song, um, as I did my study and research, found some interesting things about this song. This song is actually was written, the lyrics were actually written in the 8th and ninth centuries. This is one of the oldest Christmas songs that we sing. It is one of the oldest. They did this back in um, the 700, 800 time period. And the way, actually they didn't sing it. Actually, this was a chant. And actually they would chant. They would have, they would have a call and response. And this is the song that they would use to do a call and response, like a chant. And then, and then in um, the 1700s, um, somebody came along. And I guess they just brushed that old, you know, the, the old lyrics off and put music to it. Um, and um, it was in Latin, if I remember. And, um, and then in the 1800s, um, a man last name is Neil. He actually took it and translated it into English to much of what we read, what we sing today. So this song, so this song, think about this. This song was been, has been sung and quoted and chanted, quoted and chanted in churches for 1,200 years. This is old. This is like old. Um, so when we talk about some of the theology and some of the stuff that's in this in this song, it's so rich that not only that we here today in the 21st century are singing these songs with the same theology, the same hope, the same, same ideas that people did 1,200 years ago. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So um, it just does my heart good to think about those things. We've been we've been enjoying this song for twelve hundred years, worshiping and um, and joining in with the good theology of this song. So this song, um, uh, this song is about the heart cry of the people of Israel waiting for the Messiah to come, and um, and it's the the expectation that they had waiting for Messiah. Now, what's great is that we. How, are on the other side of that we are on the other side of that waiting and that expectation that 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 they were praying they were they were praying that that uh, that God would come and ransom captive Israel and they would they prayed and they would they would uh, they would mourn so the the prophets of old would prophesy about the Messiah coming right and actually each each verse as um, each verse, talks about, so there's like seven different verses and they're all, people sing different ones and different, and people take out and people add all the things about this song. But they, so, in the way this song is actually written, the way this song is written, it's written as a growing, more powerful and to a final exclamation of the greatness of God. It's supposed to grow in intensity, right? So they sing, O come thou rod of Jesse, with some of these verses we didn't sing this morning. That's all good. No, that's all good. It's all good. Could you do it over? No, I'm just kidding. Um, and memorize all these words. oh uh, come, thou rod of Jesse. He said, Oh come, next verse, oh come, thou dayspring. Oh come, thou key, the king, the key, the idea of a king coming of David. The go come, thou lord of might. And these verse, and then another one would include, oh, actually, the first one would be the oh come. The second one would be, oh come, thou wisdom from on high. Right. So as you sang these songs. This, the, the understanding and the theology and the goodness of what you're singing about should start growing in you with the excitement. And actually, the, the refrain, I learned something about refrains. So refrains are meant to grow in intensity. Rejoice, rejoice. And we experienced actually that a little bit this morning as we sung about some of these things. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I'm going to rejoice about that, right? Now, and as, as that refrain grows, you grow in that intensity, right? So that's the way this song was actually written. So that you would sing, um, rejoice, rejoice, right? And um, and as you got to the very end, it's supposed to be just this incredible worship of God. Amen. So, um, So why do we sing about people in the past waiting for God, right? Well, actually, it's a call to us because I don't know if you know, but we are also waiting. There is another time. We're not when Jesus will come and ransom us, but Jesus will come and restore all things. And he will be known forever as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Not in this hope, not in this, this wish, or maybe this far away, but that, that our, our, our faith will give way to sight. And what we believe for will come to pass. Just as, and this song is a reminder to us that just as those, those the children of Israel waited for Messiah, and now we're on the other side and that has passed, one day you and I will be sitting in heaven going, remember all that time we believed God that Jesus was going to come again? Remember all those times we talked about how great it would be when Jesus came again? And we'll sit there together. Me and Rex will go, oh, my gosh, we were we were so much right about so many things and wrong about others. And what we just talk about, we'll say, and say remember all those times we were just like, no, oh, I wish Jesus would come back. It's crazy in twenty. 2022. It's nuts. Like people are great pray- like this. We need Jesus to return and we'll sit there together and go, and he came. That's right. And he came and we're, and we're here together. Look, there he is. And our faith will give way to sight. And so when we join with these saints, these people of God of old in hope, and we sit on this side and go, if we could look back to those saints, we go, yeah, rejoice. Rejoice. He's coming. He's coming. If we can look back, we could look back to uh, some of those prophets, and they were they were saying all these things. We're going, keep prophesying. Right. Isaiah keep saying it, he's coming. I'm on the other side. We go back on our old time machine, right? Keep keep saying Isaiah, well, I'm on the other side. He's coming. I promise you, he's coming. But then we have the chorus of heaven singing, like looking out, looking over at us, going, He's coming. Saints in 2022, he's coming. So we rejoice and we think about, so we rejoice just like we're calling people from the past to rejoice because Emmanuel will come and ransom, you, right? And so just like that, we can look at each other and go, we don't see it yet, but we're still gonna rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice for Jesus will come. again. So how does that, So, oh, oh, actually, let me read some of it. Oh, let's read. I've I've just preached half my message. So, amen. We're almost done. Uh, Matthew chapter 1. I'm just out of order. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. Let's read this, shall we? So, all these saints, I want you to put your mindset back into those saints waiting for Messiah. At Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, says the birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he considered these things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you shall and, uh, and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through his prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. We'll stop there. So the promise of this generations to pass was coming true. And Joseph was one of the first people to get it. Isn't that amazing? I mean, Mary is obviously the first person to get it. (laughs) Because she got it. But then Joseph, right? There's a whole message about that, man. Can you imagine Joseph? Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. So then John echoes this when he says in 1 John 1, 1 he's the John the, 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 who saw Jesus with his own eyes, right? He says, What was from the beginning, and what we have heard, and what we have seen with our eyes, and what we observed and touched with our hand concerning the word of life, that life was revealed, and we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you that eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. John saying, like, all these things that we promised, like, it happened. I, we saw it. I touched Jesus with my own hands. I saw him, right? So then the prophets of of old oh, would gather all these words and, and then Jesus shows up and he's in his in the he shows up at, at, at church and reads out of the scroll and he says he says this prophecy that you've been, that I just read about is fulfilled in your ears right now. The promise that you've been waiting for, Jesus says it's been fulfilled in your ears today. All of that waiting, can you imagine? Like, wouldn't you get like wouldn't like they're just like us? when you get discouraged? Like, I know what the, I know. Can you see like people sitting around their little dinner table? Having, you know, doing their Shabbat. Maybe they're maybe they're just they're sitting around and talking about how God rescued their ancestors long time ago. Can you imagine? Like a long time ago, they rescued our ancestors. I haven't really seen them show up since. Can you imagine the discouragement? And then all of a sudden it comes to. Just as the word said. But what about us today? I know, I know. um, Actually, the scripture tells us not to get weary, right? You know why? You know why scripture tells us to get weary? Because temptation to get weary and to get tired. The message this morning is a message of hope. The candle that we light this morning is a candle of hope. Hope is an amazing thing. It's so amazing that we named a church after it. Hope is a message this morning. Listen, and, and hope and faith are so close together. But I will say this, without hope, there can be no faith. With no possibility that things can change, there will be, you can have no faith. Hope is a belief that things can get better. That just that, just that aspect of it, that things can change. Hopelessness occurs, watch this, when you've exhausted all of your resources, all of your resources, and have come to the conclusion that there is no way out of this situation. You have drawn the conclusion that you've done everything you've known to do and it's still not working and still not happening. Scripture says the hope deferred makes the heart sick. I come this morning to give you a message of hope. I love this idea of I want to, to challenge you to dare to hope again to dare to believe that things can be different. So yeah, I know Jesus is coming. We're hopeful for that. But what about today? What about where you're at in your life today? Are you hopeless? Because like when you think about it, hope is something that I, I'm hoping in something that I can't yet see. But hope brings that possibility. And I mean, you stir stirred up even in my heart right now, like there's some of you in this room, that you've given up hope. You've given up some of those dreams and those things that you felt that were deep inside of you. And because of situations and circumstances, you've given up that hope. You've exhausted all of your resources. It just doesn't seem like things are going to turn out for the better. Let's read some scripture. Psalms 71, verse 1. It says, Lord, I seek refuge in you. Let me never be disgraced. In your justice, rescue and deliver me. Listen closely to me and save me. Be a rock of refuge for me. Where can I go? Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, my God, for the power of the uh, for the, of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and oppressive. For you are my hope, Lord God my confidence from my youth. See, we are people of faith. We are people, um, as as Brian, some of y'all remember Brian Jardine. Brian Jardine would say it so well. He goes, we believe crazy things. We believe in the resurrection of the dead. We believe that the power of God lives on the inside of you. We believe that a virgin became birth was born i mean it gave birth right we, we believe some wild things why not just step it on a little further and believe we believe in god the things that you already call your foundations of your belief require require faith to believe in something that natural means can't bring about. Just the core of your faith, that you believe. You didn't see Jesus rise from the dead, but we believe it. You didn't see the power of the Holy Spirit, saw on those on those apostles that day. But you know it. You know it fell in you. All we're asking this morning is to stir up that faith. The truth is your faith, your excuse me, your hope cannot be in just a dream or a wish. Your hope is a person right. and that person is Jesus. Mm-hmm. That person is God himself is where our hope is found. And I, I, I would, it seems to me like much of the church has left this idea of their hope being in God. God is my rock. Here are the, the, um, the psalmists. He says nothing about, actually, if you read this, um, he's talking about like all of my resources are done. Right? He's like, you are my only hope. Right? Listen to this cry of the psalmist's hearts of, God, you are my, and you are my refuge. Not in my great wisdom, not in my great understanding, not in my great power and my great ability. God, it's you are my hope. You are my hope, God. You are my hope. And that's the way it should be. And let me tell you this. Let me level the plane here. We're all guilty of this, of only seeing in the natural. We're all guilty. We're all guilty of of, um, hope not being hope. It's kind of a, you know, one of those, as Brother Hagan would always say, wishing and hoping. He's like, that's doubting and unbelieving. God should be the center of our hope. So I want to talk to you just briefly about things that restore our hope. Things that restore our hope this morning. The number one thing without even thinking twice about it is our own personal time with God. Our own personal time with God. Remember, our hope is in God. So if I'm going to have my hope in God, I better be spending time with Him. When we stop, when we stop becoming connected with the source, our vision gets clouded and our hope gets gets messed up and we start looking at the stuff rather than looking at God. The one that can do the impossible. Listen, we are, mm, let me step on your toes just for a second. We are the sum total of what we have inputted into our lives by our eye gate, by our by our hearts, right? And our minds, we are the sum total. Um, I'm Trying to think of the guy's name. Um, what's the guy out of Texas? Um, yeah, Robert Medu, thank you. Robert Medu said this, this this week. He says, you know, we have, I'm gonna step on it a little bit, but I want you to, want you to hear this. He says, when we talk about um, things that are impacting our lives, some things we just do, and he calls it free. There just things that are free that you, just, that you just get, right? I spent a lot of time yesterday um, disappointedly watching my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets collapse, right? I knew it was happening. I knew it was going to happen. My hope, I was not hopeful because my hope is in God. Not in that team. It was bad. It was ugly. So, and many of our fans in this room, you were, your hope has been diverted by football yesterday. However, we do have somebody a couple of people in this room whose hope was not diverted. Mark Francis, Tristan, where's Tristan at? Oh, he's back in the back serving, bless God. They are the national champ, the oh, national. Whoa, not yet. Come on, in Jesus' name, bring it. They they won their state championship on Friday. Let's give them a big hand. Good job. Good job, Mark. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hope, yeah. So what was that, what was saying? Oh, yeah, we're talking about. Oh yeah, don't talk about football. That's like hopelessness. Like, okay. okay, so what was I saying? Free. free. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Free things that are free. So we spend a lot of time getting input for things that that don't cost us any. That don't. They don't. We don't have to pay for. Right. Social media is one of those things that we don't pay. We just like comes at us, right? But we get it for free. But let me tell you, it does cost you. And what Robert Medu says is, is, is something that we get for free, but it costs us. And it's not necessarily like, and I think a lot of times we, we think of things and go, well, they're not, I'm doing a bunch of things. They're not sinful, right? But they're, but they're costly in our time. Because they cost us our meditation and our thinking. Because we are and I don't want to sound like that guy, but I am that guy that it costs us what you input into your mind is putting information in and it's causing you to see things through a different lens. so so we read maybe of, of I think the average, Christian in America reads like a verse a week or something crazy. But when we read social media, other things, stuff. You realize that Jesus talked about when he talked about scattering the seed. One of those things were the cares of this world. And they're not necessarily sinful. Like I'll watch a ton of really funny videos. And they're not like I look at them and I get and like I just look at them and I they go, they're not, that's not really sinful. But it's my time, and then I say, "Well, I don't really have time to really spend with God because I'm so busy." But I'm inputting myself, like you understand, like in in today in the U.S., we have so many opportunities. We have so many ways to get information from, like from God. We we are we do not lack in ways to receive from. You want the greatest preacher in the United States? Pull them up on YouTube. Watch the sermons, because I'm, I'm there. No, that's a joke. I'm kidding, kind of. Um, pride. So, yeah, find us on Spotify, right? Well, find yeah, whoever it is. You like your favorite, your favorite, your favorite guy, whatever, girl, whatever. Go find them on Spotify. Get encouraged, like at any moment. What worship songs? We got them by the gazillions. You don't like a certain style? That's okay. There's plenty more. We got it by, we. it's not lack of opportunity. Yeah, I got, got every known English way to say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Like every different English way to say that at my fingertips. But we're distracted. And I'm telling you, as a pastor, be careful. Because it's not, it may be free to you, but it'll cost you. It'll cost your thoughts. It costs in the way you think about stuff. Amen. And and let me just say this, I'm just going to step there. And it's not China's fault. Because our weapons of our warfare are not, they're not a weapon. I mean, our enemy is not in flesh and blood. It's the enemy. It's the enemy who wants to distract you and get your eyes off of him. I want to, I want to make it really, and yeah, there's situations and governments and all. Yes, 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 and yes. But to your hearts, I want you to see it as an enemy the enemy trying to distract you because when i'm distracted i don't care where it, i don't i don't care what thing it came from i care that it is a demonic thing trying to steal my heart away from him and when it steals your heart away from him it'll steal your hope because when we start pulling ourselves away from faith we start just living in the natural what causes us, our hope to dwindle. Because I can't do it. And let me just say, if your connection with God is away, if you are disconnected with God, I can tell you right now, there's areas in your life that you're hopeless. There's, there's areas in your life that you feel like will never change. Because you're not connected to the, to hope himself. Amen? Hope, hope. You're the sum total of what you input into your life. When you see, when only thing you see is the bad, that's the lens you'll view. Something else will fill your mind, right? See, God is the source of your hope. And the number one way to revitalize your hope in you is to reconnect with God. Amen? Amen or oh me? The other thing is, the other thing is that when, um, let's, let me look at this, hang on. So the other way that we can revitalize our hope is start, meta- let's see, how am I going to say this? Let me just say it this way. When we don't only look at our circumstances, when your circumstances are the only thing that you see, and you allow those circumstances to be the only uh, reality for you, right? This is when we look at like, like ideas like this, like, especially like a diagnosis. Whether that's a physical diagnosis, a mental diagnosis, whatever diagnosis, or maybe it's a it's a um, bad things just happen, a bad report, maybe even financially. I, I, there's some people in our church that man, it seems like can one more thing go wrong financially? Can can one more thing at my house or your house go bad? Right. or the ongoing things that don't seem like they're changing. When, listen, when our focus is always on those things, then you'll be hopeless. And when we don't take God's word, I'm actually gonna mix these two thoughts together. When, when When we don't practice meditating on the promises of God, the word of God, what God says about that situation, right? what what God says in his word like if you' if you are battling um, and, and, I, and I tread lightly right but if you're battling stress, all the anxious the anxiety that is rampant in our in our culture and some of us you know what some of it's a lie you know they, they're saying all these things about like I think about this. Like, just this isn't just natural, but let me just throw it out there. So, I've been thinking about this a lot. So, they're telling us how terrible the economy is, right? Well, it's just, there's definitely things that are bad. And people are suffering. Man, were y'all out shopping this weekend? Were y- were y- did y'all go to the stores? Some of you are smart, you stay home. You work, oh, some of you worked in, my, my daughter works in retail. Were people struggling yesterday, this weekend? Highest sales ever. Opening, yeah, they had an opening weekend. Their store, they started up. But yeah, like, so we're like, I'm, and, and I'm at the, I'm at the outlet mall yesterday. I was shopping. I said I bought this shirt yesterday from. But I was, I was shopping. we was out there, and I was like, man, people are throwing down. Like there was a, there were, there were. But there were so many people in the Nike store that like they were, yeah. they, they like they were they were like waiting like they were you could, you were standing in line to get in. And you you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing like people walk up to the shelves and go, "Man, this Starbucks coffee, it's smaller than it usually have you noticed that smaller than it's ever been. It's containers like smaller than, and it's like twelve dollars. Man, that's a lot. I'm so mad." Put it in a cart that's what I'm saying come on right so where's like what are we what are we allowing to feed us what are we allowing to feed us about about different things like what is your where is I mean that's a weird example but like I just want to let you know like there's things that we think that are not true I mean our economy is bad yes 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 let me clarify that yes and let me tell you that and the and the, the poor are struggling. Lynn, let me tell you, I was just talking to Lynn. Um I actually went over there and volunteered over there the other day. And um, I was just talking to her, and it's like people are hurting. The the people who are poor, they are really, really, really hurting. But like these prices and all this stuff, it's making a difference. Like to them, it's making a big difference. Amen. So um I don't know why I said that. But but it's true, right? It is true. So, all right, where am I going? Let me go back. Hopelessness. There's so much. Meditating on God and his promises. I'm so off my notes. Let me just say this. When we choose, I'm just going to put it down. When we choose to see only our circumstances, Remember, we are faith people. We are people who call, we call ourselves believers. That's what we call ourselves. We call ourselves that have faith. Like I said, we have faith in some pretty wild stuff already. But in your own life, you understand, like, mm, thank you, Lord. I, what I just heard was you, the capacity for faith and hope is in you. It's in you. It's it's in you. It's inside of you. God says his His power, his hope is in you. Hope has this idea that even though I can't, like it's like really kind of the first little step. It's this idea that maybe some of the the people, the, the children of Israel would say, yeah, but you know what? What if the Messiah did come? That's hope. But this is really like I can imagine some of these times where maybe the maybe um, Daniel sitting in Babylon, he's sitting there one day going, "Man, this is really bad." I like guess this is really really bad. Or some maybe just some random. I mean, Daniel's like a hero of faith, right? So maybe some random Israelite that's in bondage in Babylon, sitting around going, i got to get up and do that stupid thing for that stupid Nebuchadnezzar. I remember like, and maybe they're talking and all of a sudden they say, you know what? What if, what if the Messiah came? What if all those things that were prophesied, what if they were true? Can, can you imagine what that would be? like? And I go, yeah, that would be great. That's hope. So for you, what if, what if the possibility that God would were to heal you? Huh. Because the only thing that you see is the diagnosis. That's all you see. Well, this is the way it's going to end. You know, granddaddy had it. Dad had it. Now you got it. It's just the way it is. But God. All that takes is that but God. Hope of hope. I don't know if my kids will ever come back to the Lord. I, I just I just don't see it. But what if they did? What could that look like? That's called hope. I have this call, I have this thing burning in me that I want to do this this project for the Lord. I want to be used by God. But man, I'm too busy job got me so stressed I don't really think about anything else but what if he did use me what if I did write that book what if I did become a person that changed other people's lives what if God gave me an idea that would help push forth his, his kingdom what if it wasn't the person sitting next to you what if it was you what if? What if? See, but I feel the tension. Do I, do I hope, and hope in that again? Do I, do, I, do I put myself out there and hope again? Some of you need to come back to the Lord in a real tangible way, in a full way. Fully commit your heart to the Lord as some people in this room and you think about well I got I'd have to quit thinking like this I'd have to start setting my minds on these things and now now I don't I just don't know I just don't know I just don't know what if what if there was a god in heaven who saw you and said I have a purpose destiny plan for your life and if you were just an inch on over to faith and commitment to Christ some of those things that are burning on the inside of you would come to pass because God put them there. It's, it's revealing, isn't it? It's revealing when we talk in these specifics about how much we can become hopeless and lose our hope. So the question is this, am I, am I committing time with the one, the hope giver? Am I, am, am I really giving time with the one who gives me hope? Am I really, like the psalmist says, am I really trusting in the one that his, that, um, that I, he is my refuge? Am I spending too much time on other things that will actually drain me of hope? Even though they don't seem like they're bad, but that they, they drain me of opportunity, they drain my thinking of different things. And the enemy has gotten in there and used these things to pull you away. From the one who gives hope, in a real way. Have I have I seen only my circumstances, and forget that I'm a person of faith, and I don't just look at my circumstances. I look at the one who changes circumstances. That before there was before there was a tree, God said, I, I know exactly what that tree's for. The one where the Bible says he raised the mountains up out of the waters. The one that when Lazarus was dead, Jesus said, he's not sleeping. I want to be connected with him. That one who gives hope, who gives possibilities. And the last thing is this. The way to restore is I need to stop living by my emotions the emotions that drive me, the fear. Actually, the total antithesis of, of hope is fear, that real fear. Amen? So what do you do with it? What do you do with hopelessness? You go after it. And, and you know me by now, where I'm going. You have to resist. We have to be people of God who resist and say, that. I've been saying this a lot lately, that is not okay with me. I am feeling hopeless about said situation. That is not okay with me. There's some things in my own personal life, I'll just be honest, as I'm studying for my message, true story, I actually broke down and cried as I was writing this message because I know that there's things in me That I've I've allowed to become, they'll never change. And I wept and I repented before God. And I said, God, I forgot who you are. God, forgive me. I forgot who you were. I forgot to invite you into this circumstance. I forgot that you are the God of hope. And that God, you will, God, in you, I find my refuge. In you, I find my strength. God, it's in you. You are are my hope. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. I want to challenge you this Christmas. As we celebrate Advent, the the coming, I want to challenge you listen, there is more in you that you are experiencing right now. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. And it just really some little adjustments. Really, it's all it is. Some little adjustments in our own lives. We become people that seek after God. I become a person that. Um. Yeah, those that's, those songs are really good, and yeah, that YouTube video is kind of funny. But man, I I I gotta. There's some other things I need to be sewing into my own heart. I need to start sowing the word of God into my heart. I need to spend time. I need to spend time, maybe put some worship music on. I mean, I mean, yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some really great, you know, but if I hear Mariah Carey sing a Christmas song one more time, (laughs) that is not growing my heart. (laughs) Sorry, I, I can't stand that song. Um, I thought, oh, so at this point, I thought I was going to get more amens on that one. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, for real. That's not allowed to be pra- played in this building. Um, anyway, anyway, so um, <laughs> anyway, let's all stand together. Let's close. Come on up, Eric. Do you hear my heart this morning? Is your heart stirred? Close your eyes with me. I feel like the Lord just wants to speak to us. As you're standing there, just ask, ask yourself, like, how are you doing? How are you doing? You, just you. How are you doing? There's a lot of voices out there. The writer, let me just tell the story. The writer of, uh, the one who translated the song into English spoke 35 different languages. Yeah. He spoke 35 different languages. Strong believer, love God. But the people of that day didn't know what to do with him genius guy genius guy and the story goes in this guy's story his um his testimony is this idea that he was so brilliant that people didn't know how to deal with him so he actually became ostracized people put him aside like a weirdo so he left that area went to another area and, and became a leader of a home for orphans. He poured his life. I spent the rest of his years loving on other people. So that when the world saw a castaway, God saw something vastly different. So when all the natural said, I'm just a, Weirdo, and people are casting me aside. The translator of this song that we sing decided I'm just going to go pour my life into other people. It's so fascinating what he did, well, all those things he did. Possibilities, hope. So ask yourself right where you're at. So where are you at with him today? Have you totally pushed aside him? Have you pushed him aside where he's just kind of, kind of walks the line of a of a fairy tale and truth in some kind of weird way that all works out for you? Have you com- completely given your life over to him? And of, but the nurses, cares of the world that are pulling at you and really a lot of your hope has been lost. Or maybe you'd say, you know what, David, I, I'm all in. I wouldn't trade it for the world there's hope, and there's expectation and joy we'll talk about that in a few weeks there's joy but it all comes down to a decision that we make that Jesus you're first it's more than just saying a prayer it's more than just asking God to forgive you of your sins which is important just committing your life to Him. Say, God, I don't know all, I don't have all the answers. I can't see everything completely clear, but I commit my life to You. And the God of hope will fill you. You'll start seeing things differently. So whether you're all over the place on this spectrum. God, I invite you in. Come on. We probably all just need a good exercise of this. Just you and him. As I say it out loud, just pray it. Let it become a prayer in your own heart. God, forgive me. Because I've done, I've tried to do all this stuff on my own. I've left no room for your amazing supernatural help. And I've carried this whole burden of these things on myself. God, I thank you. And I receive you. Help me. God, to hear your voice clearly. Jesus, you said your voice your, your sheep hear your voice. So God, I'm listening. God, would you fill me with even not even just radical faith even this morning. God, would you just fill me with hope, with the possibilities that things can be different. We're going to talk about faith next week. But God, will you first just do this step of hope that things can be different. I'm not asking you to change the world, all this stuff. God's saying your own, word. put your hand on your heart. Thank you, God. Come on, in your own, I just hear in your own words. Just receive them in your own words. Receive it. Jesus. We love you this morning. Thank you this morning, God of all peace, God of hope, fill you by His amazing presence. Watch this Romans chapter 15, the scripture, and we'll close. Romans chapter fifteen verse four. Now think about what he's writing to. He's writing to. Says for whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from these scriptures. What he's talking about is the, all these Old Testament things that is now have been come to pass. That whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, that we may have hope and endurance. Put your hand over your heart. God, I thank you for filling everyone in this place. God, may we all be God-seekers in this room. God, I pray, Father. God, I bind the enemy who would try to come in and take captive our minds. take Take captive our thoughts. And God, I thank you that you are the God of all hope. God, I thank you that nothing is impossible with you. So, God, because of that, I can have hope. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I don't know about you. Once I know it's the enemy, it makes me so mad. I get so mad. How dare he deceive me? Like, what does this world have to offer? Thank you, God. Say this with me. Say, God, I receive the abundance of hope this morning in Jesus' name. Say, devil, I break your power off my mind in Jesus' name. Say, I'm aware of your strategies and no more in Jesus' name. Help me, God, to seek you this week. And in Jesus' name. This will be, stronger word, this shall be the greatest Christmas season of my spiritual life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, when you go out, you see all those decorations, all the things, the decorations, you're going, God, I can't believe that they take Jesus out of everything. Well, you know what? Every single Christmas tree you see, every single wreath you see, Every single little light that twinkles, I want you to remind yourself that the whole world is helping you celebrate that Emmanuel has come. Every single light you see, every single little you drive down, and it was, those are people that have so many blow-up things in their yard. They're, you know, whether you can see them because there's light in them. Amen. Every one of those lights will remind you that the light of the world has come and lives in me. And I want you just to, whatever you think, I'll just twist it back and go, God, I'm telling you, it helps you. Rocking around the Christmas tree, I don't know how you're going to get Jesus out of that, but it's going to be all right. You just figure out a way. (laughs) Amen. Say, God of hope will fill my heart this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing week. If you want prayer for anything, we'd love to pray with you. But God bless you, you are dismissed. Have an amazing, amazing week.